Hello and welcome to Mildly Annoying with Emma, the podcast where it's like you're on a phone call with a friend, except you don't get to talk and I'm going to talk way too much. How are we all today? I'll be honest, I'm not having the best day, but I feel like filming a little podcast episode will cheer me up. In good news though, I have a job interview on Friday and I really hope I get it. One, I'm broke. Two, I've actually missed working in retail. Um, so yeah, that's my life updates. But if you couldn't already tell by the title of today's episode, this episode is going to be why One Direction will never and should never get back together. And I know what you're saying, Emma, aren't you a directioner? I mean, like, yeah, I was uh, for a long time and I'll still always love the nostalgic feeling I get when I think about the band and listen to their music and I'll always love walking in the wind and I'll always love... Um, where do broken hearts go? And I'll always love the memories I made for standing that band since like January 2012. But now that I've grown, and I'll admit in 2015 without like 18 month hiatus, I was like, yeah, that fact, that's fact check. I get it. That That's going to happen. Um, and I'll admit I wanted them to get back together. I believed it. I was like, yeah, it'll only be 18 months. They're not getting back together. I'm sorry. I'm going to break it to you now. They're never going to be. I think most people have come to terms with this. Uh, maybe. I hope. I know there definitely are people who haven't. But they're just not going to get back together. They'll definitely do like a cash grab reunion tour in like 10 years or whenever. But they're never going to actually return as a proper band. And I think we need to we need to normalize believing that One Direction are not going to return as a band. Um, so I have many points to cover. Where is, I wrote this down in my notes and I literally cannot, oh, I found it. Um, okay. Also, quick, uh, little disclaimer before we get into this episode. I promise I am going to talk about things that are not Harry Styles and One Direction related in future podcast episodes. I know that this episode and the last episode have just been about them. That's, it's just on my mind. But, uh, comment on my TikTok what you want me to talk about. Also, thank you for all the love on the podcast. You guys are so sweet. I'm glad you're enjoying it. I did not actually expect this positive reaction at all. I expected for maybe two people to listen to it and one person to tell me it was mediocre. Um, so thank you guys so much. Okay, so let's get into it. Okay, number one, I want to talk about, um, I think Raina made a TikTok about this. She compared Five Sauce to One Direction and I want to discuss this. So if you don't know, Five Sauce, they're a band as well. They're still together. Um, Ashton's doing some skinny, skinny stuff on the side. I don't know what's happening, but they're still together. And the reason that Five Sauce is still together and Wicker's band is because Five Sauce were friends and One Direction were business partners. And I will further explain this because Five Sauce, if you don't know, they started out as a band they made in high school. They were friends in high school who were like, hey, let's make a band. And then they just had a dream and it worked. Like one of those rare, like, we made it moments. So they were friends before they started their band. They were friends while starting their band and they're friends now. That's why they work so well because they've been friends for years. They wanted to do the band and they're happy. They're doing stuff, whatever. One Direction, however, did not know each other until they got formed as a group on X Factor. Formed as a group, keywords. One Direction auditioned as solo artists. They went on to X Factor, thinking nothing will happen, hoping to get on solo artists. They all sucked, apparently. And Simon Cowell was like, I need money. I need money. I'm going to fabricate a band. So he literally just formed them into a band. And yeah, sure, maybe in the five years they knew each other. Like five years, I mean from like 2010 to 2015 when One Direction was an active band. Those five years of knowing each other. 
obviously they would have formed some sort of friendship with each other because, you know, they're all young boys, similar age bracket. They were also together every single day for five years. You've got to have to talk to those people. But even Liam, Liam, who everyone is always like, Liam's the reason I believe one direction will get back to like, Even Liam, okay, he, yeah, he changes it up like every day. But even Liam was like, yeah, we're like co-workers. You know, there's always that one co-worker you're friends with and the one co-worker you don't really talk to. Like Liam himself has said like yeah we were co-workers I don't know I don't know like yeah there was obvious friendships obviously Harry and Niall seemed very close Louis and Zane then when Zane left Louis and Liam and get they all talked whatever but that's why it's just I don't know if they ever came back it would not be the same because in these five years they've had a part they have definitely not remained close friends like as close friends as they were during the band like Harry doesn't really I'm talking about public interactions, okay? Because that's all we know. Harry hasn't interacted with them. Zayn and Louie had a massive Twitter fight. Um, but I think they're good now. I don't know. Um, Liam and Niall talk to each other. Louie interacts with Liam and Niall. I think. I don't really know. But they're just like, do you guys get what I'm saying? It's like they were forced to be friends where the five sauce was like a... A, a wholesome friendship that they already had. And so I feel like if One Direction ever came back, it would just not be the same. Like, imagine how uncohesive, is that a word? Uncohesive they would look on stage. They already looked a mess on stage anyway, especially in the 2015 tour where their styles were all over the place. But imagine now, Harry would be dressed in like a beautiful three-piece Gucci suit. Niall would probably wear like some checked pants and like a white polo shirt. Louis, I don't know, like an Adidas hoodie. I, I don't know. Liam, I don't really know what he wears. Like a flannel. Does <laughs> he still wear flannels? Like a grey shirt. And let's pretend that Zayn came back. Zayn would be wearing like some cool band tee, like a Versace jacket. Like Gigi would have styled him. Like it's a moment. I don't know how uncohesive that would have looked on stage. Like it would, it would be a mess. I'm waiting for their like cash grab reunion tour. They'll do years into the future where it's going to look like some weird version of rolling stones except none of them match and only like two of them want to be there okay next let's talk about okay so i talked about how they were fabricated right like they're literally made to be a band my next point one direction were a brand not a band and i stand by this point they were literally made to be adored by the young female artist the young woman artist artist why am I saying artist I mean fan like the young teenage fan you know and that's what the demographic was for years it was mainly like the demographic could span from like eight to like 20 like it was mainly young girls obviously there were guy fans as well but we all know majority of it was young girls they've said this themselves remember in this is us where they had that weird doctor in that was like trying to explain fan girling he's like dopamine rushes to the brain and I was like I don't know why I'm watching this and you could tell by, like, if you walked into any store during 2012 to, like, 2015 and you walked into, like, the young girls section, all it was was, like, One Direction merch. They were on everything. Shirts, lunch boxes, drink bottles, notebooks, pens, wristbands, earrings, like, anything you could imagine, One Direction was on it. Very similar to Jojo Siwa. Obviously, Jojo Siwa, I love her. She, even Jojo Siwa admits she's a brand. Did it, was it her or someone else? I think it was someone else who compared to Jojo Siwa to Spongebob. Like it's like a character that everyone puts on everything and that young people love. I love Jojo Siwa. She is such a smart businesswoman. I love her. But you know how Jojo Siwa's on everything. Like bows, 
pencil cases. Like, she has her own ice cream or some shit. She has shoes. She has, like, a onesie. Everything. One Direction was the same thing because they were a brand. They were characters. And I'll get back to the character thing later. But they were characters um, that were specifically and meticulously designed for, like, young girls to love in Fawnover. And they were just on everything. And that's what made them a brand. And this further stems into the character points, which they have admitted, like Liam and Zane, I know for sure. I don't know about the rest of them, but they have literally admitted that they had to be certain characters. Like, you know, Liam was the serious one. Louis was the funny one. Harry was the heartthrob. Zane was the mysterious one. And Nia was just like the carefree, doesn't really know what's going on. And he's Irish and he's also blonde. Oh yeah, Nal did talk about this because Nal talked about how he had to dye his hair. I'm not sure if he talked about it, if everyone could just tell. I don't know which one it was, but it was like confirmed that Nia was like forced to dye his hair blonde for those five years because he, yeah, he auditioned with blonde hair, but then halfway through he was like, hey, I don't really want to be blonde anymore. And they were like, no, you have to be the blonde one. That's your defining trait. They made him bleach his hair for those five years. And is it such a coincidence that as soon as the band went on hiatus, he stripped his blonde hair and went back to his natural brown? No, it is not. They also forced Nia to get braces in like, I know we got them off at the This Is Us premiere. I don't know why I remember that. Is that even true? I think it is. He had to get braces from like 2012 to 2013 because his teeth were messed and management were like, not hot, not funny. You know the drama lady <laughs> Anyway, they forced him to get braces. Um, Zane. Zane uh, talked about, I'm pretty sure I talked about in an interview after he left the band, how like he was very forced to be the mysterious one. He had, oh, they had, he had to sing a certain way. Like how he, cause he is a very, you know, like R&B type of voice, like a very good voice. And obviously One Direction was a bubblegum pop boy band who made songs like, let me kiss you. And if Zayn sang that in like a certain R&B style, they'd be like, no, re-record it. Like re-record it needs to be more of a pop style. It needs to be bubblegum pop. You need to be, these 12 year old girls need to be believing that you love all their little things. Like that's what it was. And Zane also talked about, oh no, Liam talked about how they wouldn't let him dye his hair. So as a rebuttal, he shaved it off, <laughs> which power to him. Liam also talked about how they forced him to, you know, be everyone called him like daddy directioner. And that's what he, his role was to be the serious one. He like kept the others in line and they like forced him to do that. Like, did Liam not talk about in some interview how it was like, how management was like anytime the boys got out of line in interviews, whatever, they would always be like, Liam, why didn't you calm it down? Like, Liam, why did you not keep them in a straight line? Like, that was very much Liam's job and management forced that upon them. And then didn't Zane say something about hair? Like, Zane wanted to dye his hair and they only let him do the blonde streak, but they hated it. Basically, I they've all talked about, besides like Harry and Louis, I think, or Niall, I don't remember. I know Liam and uh, Zane definitely have. They all talked about how management forced these stereotypes onto them. And the 2013... I guess late 2012-2013 area. Oh, I guess I really spent the whole way through, but especially in 2013. Um, management and the media, like, screwed Harry over entirely. You know, Harry was known as the heartthrob, the womanizer, the, the whore, you know. Like, Harry was known for sleeping with all these women, when in reality he hadn't. Like, remember that one magazine article that was like, Harry Styles slept with 400 women. And they really pushed the womanizer approach onto him because it was media attention. And it categorized him as the heartthrob as the band which is always what he was he was always like the lead member of the band just because he i don't know was seen as the most attractive which reigns too i love you harry sorry to the rest if you're listening um and that is so like everyone's always like frat boy harry era blah like yeah he looked hot then he's looked hot every other year 2013 
I like, yeah, I loved Harry in 2013, but is that my favorite era of Harry? No, because he was so not himself. He was so stripped of everything he was and wanted to be, which we can tell by comparing 2013 Harry to 2020 Harry now. 2013 Harry, where he would wear black boots, black skinny jeans, black v-neck shirt. And now in 2020, 2019 Harry, or like any era of Harry since he's left the band, he wears fun, funky suits. He wears clothes that are not necessarily tailored to be men's clothes. He has such a good fashion sense that's so out there and unique. That is nothing like 2013 Harry. And you can obviously tell the management definitely enforced Harry to be like, you have to be the heartthrob. It's good media attention and the women will love you. And they just really screwed him over. I get so mad. I was so mad then. I'll always be forever mad about how the media really tore into Harry in 2013. Also, he was literally 19. I'm turning 19 in like three weeks. And that is so weird to me to think that I'm basically the age that Harry was in 2013. And I could not imagine being like that big of a celebrity and have everyone saying all these different things about you where it was like far from the truth. And I think at least that's a good thing that the fans knew. Like I remember in 2013, whenever like a, um, you know, a media outlet would call Harry Womanizer, everyone on like all the fans, like we would be like, no, he's not. Like we know that's not true, but definitely to everyone else's perception. That's what it seemed like. And all interviewers ask you, remember, like, uh, is it the Pierce Morgan interview? I don't remember, but on one D-Day where he was like, how many girlfriends have you had? How many women have you kissed? And Harry was like, like four? I don't know. <laughs> I know people who've done more than that at my age. Like, oh, God, it was a mess. Um, next, overworked. Girl. <laughs> when, so, um, I loved Miley Cyrus from a young age, but loving One Direction was the first time I was introduced. I think it was a lot. A lot of people can say it was the first time they were introduced. At least people like my age, you know, people now. It's the first time they're introduced to being like a stand of something, to like following a celebrity's every move and like knowing what's happened. One Direction in their five years as a band, which is nothing. One Direction have been not a band as much as they have been active as a band. Did that make any sense? I don't think that made any sense, but do you get what I mean? Five years is a tiny amount of time. But when I think about it, that five years felt like 20 because they were so overworked. They did a tour and an album every year, which makes no sense. From 2012 to 2013, all they were doing was touring album, touring album in the same year. They released two albums in the same year. Up All Night and Take Me Home came out in the same year. I'm pretty sure. Like within the same year, like within the same 12 month span. And it's, oh my God, so much. They were so overworked. And they literally have admitted that since the beginning. And even if they didn't directly talk about it in, like, while they were a band, you could tell. This Is Us, the movie, was the biggest telling. You know that one scene where Zayn's sleeping and, like, Julian or whoever, like, wakes him up on the tour bus because he needs to record something? And he's like, how long have you been asleep? And Zayn's like, 10 minutes. And Julian or whoever is like, I'm so sorry. And then they make Zayn, like, record some best song ever, High Note or some shit. And they were so overworked. And I, personally, I didn't. I feel like everyone else at the time, I did not realise that doing a tour and an album every year was, like, not normal. Like, I thought that was normal. I was like, yeah, that makes sense. They're, you know, touring and recording an album and never sleeping and never have any time for themselves. That makes sense. No! And especially being, like, a Harry Stan now. He's even talked about it. He, I feel like, was it in... Was that in Rolling? I feel like it was the interview he did with Timothy where he was like, in when I was in the band, I knew what I was doing two years in advance. And now being a solo artist, all I know right now is I'm making a record and I like that. I don't know what's next. All I know is that I'm focusing on making the record. 
Because, like, One Direction, it was, like, since 2012 especially, because that's, you know, where the main hype of the band was. It was like, all right, you're doing this tour and this album. Next year, you're doing this tour and this album and this performance and this music video and blah, 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 blah. And it was a mess. Like, they did a worldwide tour every single year, besides in 2014 when they didn't come to Australia. I am still mad about that. They were like, we're doing a worldwide tour. Except Australia and Asia, you don't count. You're going to get a shit set list from the road again. Oh, never not become a band anymore. Deal with it. It was just a mess. And it was so overworked. And they've all talked about, like, Liam talked about how he developed, like, a uh, alcoholism because of the band. Because he was so depressed and overworked and he turned to alcohol. Zayn had an eating disorder because of it. Um, who else? Like, I'm sure they were all messed. Like, all their mental health, I could not imagine. Especially, they were all so young. Like, the oldest was Louis, and in 2015, he would have been, what's he born, like, 91? What's 15 plus 90? Like, 24? Is that even right? Is that right? 24? Yeah, 24. Sure, we'll go with 24. So, the oldest Louis would have been, the oldest any of them would have been while this band was 24, and that is such a young age. You're being so overworked and just messed, like, absolutely fucked. Um, oh, I had another point. Oh, and also how they could not, like, yeah, they wrote some songs from, like, I guess Midnight Memories onwards. Like, I've, they de- they de- wrote nothing in Up All Night, I'm pretty sure. Take Me Home, I feel like they might have written or helped write, like, a couple songs. But I feel like their main songwriting didn't really start until Midnight Memories more four, when it was really just, like, you know, three of them writing at once with, like, ten other writers. And they didn't really have that much of creative license. And now they all write their own Zwiner Harry does. I don't really know about the others. I don't really, you know, their music taste isn't personally my music taste. The only one I really follow is Harry. You probably all know this. Harry writes all of his songs. And during One Direction, they just had no creative license. Like, they had no, like, freedom. You know what I'm saying? Like, now they can write about whatever they want. In One Direction, it was like, you have to follow this strict storyline. Like, have you listened to their songs? <laughs> what do you mean have I listened to the songs? I mean, like, have you read the lyrics of their songs? I've analysed a lot of the lyrics because when I did that TikTok series, well, the two of them I've done, about One Direction lyrics that involved basically just me reading through the lyrics of each song and picking out ones to, like, make fun of or put in the series. And they all follow the same structure. They're all literally just about catered towards a girl. You know this because they sing girl after every line. Also using the word you. So when the person was listening to the song, it's like, they're listening to me. He said, kiss you, Zane wants to kiss me, even though I'm 14. Like, it's the same storyline of just like, just talk about how a girl already has a boyfriend, but you want her and you can treat her right. That One Direction, if you want to boil it down, that's what their songs are about. Their song's about, they're singing to a girl who has a boyfriend, but they're like, I'll treat you better. <laughs> it's just all of their songs. Or being like, you're so hot. You're on my mind. You're mysterious. Like, it's just all singing about a girl. And now they can write about whatever they want. They can write about personal experiences. They can obviously write about girls if they want to, but it's not bubblegum pop. Like, uh, like they're actually enjoying the music they're making. One Direction, especially Zayn. Zayn hated all of One Direction songs. Listen to his music now. You think One Direction was what Zayn wanted to be putting out? You think One Thing is what Zayn wanted to be singing? No! No! Okay, next. Um... Zayn leaving. Zayn leaving was a big turning point in the band. And, oh my god, I'm so glad Zayn left. At the time, I was distraught. When I found... Where were you? Comment. This is the question for my podcast. I want you to comment on the TikTok I make about my podcast. Where were you when you found out that Zayn was leaving One Direction? I'll tell you where I was. So, at the time, I had a big-ish One Direction fan account. I think I had, like, maybe, like, 15k at the time. I don't really know. 
on Instagram. And I woke up in the morning and I looked on Instagram as I usually do as soon as I woke up. And the first post I saw was like a screenshot of like a Wikipedia. And it was like the One Direction page and it had like members and it said like Harry, Louis, Liam, Niall and then past members it said Zane. And I was like, what? I thought it was like maybe Photoshop, but I was so confused. So I screenshotted it and I shared it to my Instagram, my Instagram fan account. And I just captioned it like, what is this? Like, is this real? What's happening? And all the comments were like, I'm so sorry, Emma. Emma, he's gone. Like, acting like Zayn was like a loved one to me and he died. Which is honestly what it felt like. It felt like Zayn was my lover and he died in that moment and took my soul with him. Um, and then I looked on Facebook and I saw the post. You know the post? After five incredible years, One Direction... No, after five incredible years, Zayn has decided to leave the band. That sentence forever haunted me. I had nightmares about that sentence. And yeah, so tell me your experience in the comments of the TikTok I'll make about this. But Zayn leaving... Oh my fucking God, thank God he did. Honestly, I feel terrible that it came to the point where he felt like he had to leave for his own mental health. And thank God he did. Like, I don't know what would have happened if Zayn stayed in the band that year. And obviously he was definitely sad about it because One Direction was all he ever knew. And, you know, he obviously had some sort of bond with the rest of the band at that time. Um, But all in all, you knew that that was, like, the best decision he ever made. Like, oh, my God. And how in one of the Facebook posts that were, like, Zayn just wants to live a normal life, which is obviously... Didn't it come out, like, Zayn did not even write his paragraph in that Facebook post? Did he say that? Or was that a rumour where people just, like, accepted that as the truth? That Zayn didn't write his paragraph in the Facebook post that management just wrote that. Because then they say, like, Zayn was to live a normal life. But then, like, six months later, he was like, album, which is good. I love Mind of Mind. Great album. Amazing. Good work, Zayn. Um, yeah. So I feel like Zayn leaving was such a big turning point. I feel like Zayn leaving really was like, okay, maybe we can convince management to let us take a hiatus. <laughs> a hiatus in quotation marks. Like, maybe we can convince them to give us a fucking break. Because as soon as Zayn left, um, definitely things slowed down a bit, I would say, for them. Personally, I and a lot of other... I'm talking about my Instagram fan account again. Me and a lot of other my mutuals who ran fan accounts, we also just stopped posting. Like, I remember I used to be so active and whatever, and I sort of just stopped posting after Zayn left. Because everything just felt different. Like, I don't know, things definitely slowed down a bit. Like, they're made in... Like, obviously, I was still such a big fan. Um, but was Made in the AM, like, their worst-selling album out of all of them? I could be wrong, but I feel like I saw something recently that was, like, Made in the AM was their worst-selling. Makes a lot of sense. I'm sorry for any of the Made in the AM stands out there. She has some good bops. Walking in the Wind, I love that song. Hey, Angel, good bop. Um, there's another one I like. I can't be bothered thinking of the songs of Made in the AM right now. Made in the AM is, like, my second least favourite album. My ranking of the albums goes Midnight Memories at the top, closely followed by Four. And then, like, further down, we have Take Me Home. And then further down from that, we have Made in the AM. And then a bit further down, we have Up All Night. I'm sorry. I just, I just don't really like Made in the AM. I, it's got a lot of skips. She's got a lot of skips. Like, if I owned Made in the AM on vinyl, honestly, probably wouldn't listen to it. Because I don't want to listen to that album in full. And, yeah, so I think feel like things definitely slowed down for them and it was a good point for them to take the hiatus because let's just pretend they never – well, hiatus in quotation marks. We'll just call it a break for them to take the break because imagine if they didn't take the break and they came back 2016 doing the exact same thing. I feel like things would have been terrible. You know, like them doing a tour in 2016, like they're all – getting old – like they were all definitely sick of it in 2015. You could tell. They are all like, oh, God. 
This is my life. God, Zane escaped. Can I do the same thing? Someone write me a Facebook post. <laughs> Can I Zane out of here? Like, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. Um, but yeah, so I really, I feel like Zane leaving definitely was the kicker for taking the hiatus. Did Harry suggest the hiatus? Is that a confirmed thing? I never remember. Makes a lot of sense. As he should. As he should. All right, next. This is the first time I've actually written down things to talk about, but I've already talked about heaps of them without even looking. Like, I have Niall Blonde, Liam's hair, Liam's alcoholism. I've already talked about this. Um, Songs are shit. (laughs) I know I touched on this before. One Direction songs, they're... (laughs) Okay, if... I don't even know how to explain this to you. It's like, I like listening to One Direction songs to feel like they're like bops. It's like listening to like a song by Usher. It's like, this is a bop. It's not a good song. It's just a bop. I like dancing around in my room. Obviously, listening to One Direction songs also provide me with so much nostalgia. Nostalgia. Nostalgia? I can never say that word. Because I was a fan of One Direction. Let me do math. From when I was like, how old was I in January 2012? I was 10 turning 11, I think. Yeah, I was 10 turning 11. And so I was a fan of them since I was 10 to uh, like 14, however old I was in like 2015. So from the ages of 10 to like 14, 15, they were my entire life. <laughs> and obviously like that's like a significant time. You know, I became a teenager, grew up a little bit, who knows. Um, so obviously listening to the songs brings back a lot of nostalgia and that's true for a lot of people. But I don't listen to a One Direction song and go, this is a good song. Besides maybe like, there's maybe like 15... That might be a bit generous, to be honest. There's maybe like 15-ish songs that I listen to and I go, this is an actual good song. But I don't listen to Stole My Heart and go, yeah, this is a good song. I'm talking about lyrically, you know? Like, Why Don't We Go There's I Love Why Don't We Go There. It's a bop. It's got very weird undertones, but it's a bop. I love listening to it. It's not a good song. It's not a fine line. It's not a... Taylor Swift folklore it's like it's you know what I'm talking about like um fool's gold good song uh what a feeling good song walking in the wind good song other ones I can't be bothered thinking of right now good songs a lot of one directions other songs good bops but not good songs you know what I'm talking about I'm not saying they're bad well I am but you know what I'm saying like the I love all their songs as bops as nostalgic bops. If one came on in a club, I'd lose my shit. I'd lose my shit. Except Phil's history. Except Phil's history. I That's a skip. Mainly because it just makes me sad. It makes me how I feel when I felt in 2015. Also, it's just like a weird song. Um, Like, I'm never going to watch the history. I've watched the history. I made a TikTok about this. I watched the history music video once when it premiered. I'm never watching it again. It may be too. Like, I just don't want to feel the feelings I felt when watching the history of music video. You know that? It's like one of those things, like, I'll never watch that again. Maybe on my deathbed. They'll be like, what do you want to do? And I'll be like, oh, just play me the history of music video, I guess. Like, it's just depressing. What was I saying? Oh, yeah, bops. Not good songs. Good bops, not good songs. Please tell me you agree. Like, I'm not saying their songs are terrible. I'm just saying, lyrically, if you read the lyrics, you can't read that and be like, this is a good piece of art. Like... This is the Mona Lisa equivalent. Yeah. And this further stems into um, why they will not return as a band. Because imagine if they just stick to the One Direction storyline of writing songs. That's like, a girl, you love her. She's sexy. Sing. Imagine if they just stick to that. But with their 
songwriting credits now like imagine if they were like to harry they were like hey i know you've written such beautiful pieces such as fine line or cherry or golden from the dining table meet me in the hallway now i want you to write a song about a girl who's way too hot she's out of your league but you can treat her right and you have to include baby and girl every second line go like imagine Imagine that, that he would just be like, fuck, I don't know. Just get Kelly Clarkson to write us another song. Kelly Clarkson wrote Tell Me a Lie. As she should. Tell me I'm a screwed up mess. Kelly Clarkson said, tell me I never listen. But don't tell me that you want to be with him tonight. And she said that. Um, what else? Oh, tattoos. Them having tattoos in the band, when I think of it now, is the biggest, how did they let them have tattoos? I love all of the, like, I love them having tattoos, obviously. That's the only form of self-expression they got within the band. But I get so confused as to how management let them have tattoos. Because, you know, they hear now, like, oh my god, I need to talk about another Liam thing. Mental note, talk about another Liam thing after this. Okay. Because you hear them now talking about, like, you know, Liam being like, they wouldn't let me colour my hair. Or Zayn being like, they wouldn't let me do anything to my appearance. They would barely let... I was... Oh, that was something I meant to talk about before. Sorry, break. Zayn was the only one allowed to have a beard in the band. Because he was meant to be the mysterious one who's like a bad boy. And he was the only one allowed to have facial hair. Because that it showed he was a bad boy? I don't know. But isn't that weird? Like that's how particular their contracts and their management was. It was like only Zane can have facial hair. That's like significant. Um, what was I saying? Oh yeah, tattoos. I get so confused by the fact they're allowed to have tattoos. Because they definitely tried to stick to like the management definitely was like you have to be the bubblegum boy band image brand that we literally created you as test tube babies and i feel like most of them got their tattoos in like 2013 besides niall of course sweet little irish boy niall i feel like he definitely has a secret tattoo i feel like he has like you know the irish flag somewhere on him <laughs> um i feel like 2013 they definitely all got majority of their tattoos like, I feel like that's when they were like like you blinked and then i was like oh they have no bare skin anymore it's just tattoos and I don't know what, like, I think about this all the time. I'm like, is that the one thing that management was like, all right, you can have a tattoo, I guess. God, I don't know. Um, and also a lot of them, like, I remember Louis being like, oh, I don't really want tattoos. And then, like, six months later, he had no bare skin and just had tattoos. And I'm like, do you reckon all, they got a lot of tattoos to overcompensate for the shit they couldn't do to themselves? Because I think that. Because, you know, obviously their appearance was so closely monitored you know with their hair their facial hair um colors of their hair piercings braces as we've discussed before and i feel like because i guess the management let them have tattoos i guess they just got a shit ton of tattoos really quickly so i was like i feel so restricted as the person i want to be so i'm just gonna get a i don't care just draw it on me i don't care i'm gonna walk into our tattoo shop close my eyes point at the wall whatever i point at just tattoo on me that's what i think <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's just that's something I always think about. It's like, why did they let them have tattoos if they wanted to be the boy bear? I guess it made them look hotter in a sense. Like, obviously, I love tattoos. Personally, I love tattoos, and guys. I think it looks really hot. Um, so I guess that was the one thing. They were like, oh, it'll be appealing. Just go for it. And they were like, yes, finally. Zane's like, I'm going to get zap on my arm. I don't care. Zane's like, I'm going to get my girlfriend tattooed on my arm. I don't care. I don't care if you think it's a bad decision. I need something. <laughs> I need something that makes me an individual person. Because <laughs> right now, I don't know who I am. Um, what else do I have to talk about? Let's talk about why they shouldn't get back together. There is a really good YouTube video on this. I don't remember what it's called. 
um if, i think if you just type in like one direction shouldn't get back together will come out it's basically it's like a 40 minute video of just a girl talking about why one direction should get back together and she includes all these like receipts and interviews oh the lean thing i had to talk about the lean thing i had to talk about this ties into the overworking thing, overworked thing. When Liam, if was it Reese? No, it wasn't Reese. It was in person. That that interview that was going around TikTok a while ago of Liam explaining what a Voddy Red Bull was, and it's just vodka mixed of Red Bull or like Red Bull mixed of any sort of alcohol. And he literally said, like, yeah, we would drink this before we would go on stage to get through the concert because they were that overworked and that tired they needed and like that depressed they turned to alcohol and red bull chugged that they're like all right let's go on stage that's what makes you beautiful while they're like half drunk hyped on red bull haven't slept like oh my god that is fucked that is mess and now i'm thinking back on it i'm like thinking back to like my 13 year old self watching one direction and i'm like wow they were probably drunk or like you know some sort of tipsy or like probably high <laughs> probably definitely high well, like, I'm watching them on stage. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. Because in my head, I'm like, they're so happy. They're the five happiest boys in the world. But really, they were so depressed. And I feel like at this point, if you're a true fan of One Direction, if you're tr- or if you're a true fan of any of the boys, and you still think they should get back together, I don't really think you're a fan. Like, because they've basically all said, even Harry in the tiny interviews he said about being in the band, Niall, I don't know if he's said anything on it. Um, but they've all basically said how the band was obviously the five greatest years of their life. I got them to they were today, but also the five worst years of their life. And they were so overworked and so tired and so miserable. And it's like, you want them to experience that again? You want them to have no life other than just like touring album, touring album. Like, girl, what? And I feel like a part of growing up is just realizing that One Direction was so toxic. Because I did not realize it until, you know, the last couple of years. Because obviously I was like 13. And all I knew was just I loved these five older men and I thought they were happy and I thought how overworked they were was normal. I did not bat an eye. I don't even think anything often. I feel like part of growing up is realizing the band was so toxic for them and they should never be back in that environment. And a lot of people say like, oh, yeah, I agree, but I want them back together with just like a different management. You know, like I want James Corden to match. Can we, can we let James Corden rest? James Corden is not a manager. What? What do you think? He's a late night talk show host. He's a British comedian that I thought was gay up until about four years ago. I don't know why I thought he was gay. I think it's because I knew nothing of James Corden besides that one. Um, it was like the Brit Awards where he kissed Nick, Nick Grimshaw some point. He kissed Nick Grimshaw and that's all I knew of James Corden. And from seeing that in my 14-year-old mind, I was like, oh, he's gay. And then I discovered he had a wife and I was like, oh, never mind, he's not gay. Um, that was just a random, that has nothing to do with anything. That was just a random tidbit I thought to talk about. Anyway, James Corden is not a manager. He's, he's just a late night talk show host. He was in Into the Woods. He cannot bring, he made that um, segment called We Cannot Kidnap One Direction and Bring Them Back Together. That was him crying for help, being like, please stop saying you want me to manage them. Yeah, so I know everyone being like, oh, I just want them to be under a different management, then it'll be healthy. No, it fucking won't, because the reason One Direction worked, the reason One Direction got so much fame so quickly and literally took over the world, like, they were the most talked about people during their time, especially, I feel like 2013 was maybe their peak. Like, like there were obviously those five years, they were just a weird phenomenon. Probably 2013 was definitely a peak. Anyway, but the reason they worked as a band and as a 
you know, machine is because they did album tour, album tour. There was no break. There was no, you know, like, okay, this is for my Harry Styles fans. This is for my Harrys, if you're listening. You know, like, we won't get, like, that two-year drought we had of, like, just nothing of Harry. Like, maybe, like, a couple times a year we'd see him surface and be like, oh my god, there he is! He's breathing! And then he'd, like, disappear. Like, we barely see Harry. Like, we go, like, months, years, with no content from Harry, and we're like, it's fine, he'll resurface. One Direction, there was never a time where there was no content of them. They were either touring, if they weren't touring, they were releasing singles, or both at the same time. If they weren't touring, they were promoting their album, they were doing interviews, they were they were doing performances at every award show. You know how, like, now it's like, oh my god, Harry's at this award show, oh my god, he's performing, that's so cool. One Direction just did every single award show. They were like, yep, yeah, we're performing, I don't even know what award show I'm at, I don't know where I, what, Teen Choice Awards? Oh, I don't know, I'm just singing Kiss You into a microphone, I don't know where I am. And the reason they worked and became such a phenomenon is because there was no there was no slow down time. There was no time for anyone to stop becoming fans because there was just constant content from them because they were overworked and that's how it would work. If One Direction came back with a different management, it wouldn't work because one, none of them would fucking want to be there. But let's pretend they wanted to be there. Let's pretend they were like, yeah, I want to be back in the band. My miserable time. I want that again. And let's pretend James Corden is now managing them and they weren't overworked. They, so what? You want them to do a tour? take a break for a year or so to write an album and then come back and then a year later do another tour and for it to be like a three-year cycle of them doing one album, one tour, that's not going to work because it's going to be so slowed down and no one, it's not going to be as hyped as it was before because the reason it was hyped was because it was like tour, album, tour, album. You had no breaks, no sleep, tour, album, another tour, another album, Team Choice Awards performance, Britta performance, Ellen interview. Tour. Like, that's literally that, like, that TikTok audio. Like, no sleep. Bus. Another bus. That was One Direction. <sighs> wow. Do I have anything else I need to talk about? I feel like after I finished the after podcast, there was a million things I needed to talk about. So, I'll definitely be making after part two. And, oh my god, I'm not going to get into it. Because I'm going to wait till I watch after we collided so I can make the after part two podcast. But... <laughs> I'm getting fired. What's happening there? Well, I'm not going to talk about it anymore. I'm not going to talk about it because I need the content for the podcast. But just know that I'm screaming. <laughs> just know I'm screaming along with you. And I have already made plans for the after part two podcast. So many of you saw my tweet about it. And like you all replied. You're like, please, after part two, put it in. And I'm like, girl, yeah, it's in. It's a mental note. I'm going to read to my notes. Let's see. My notes are this. Fabricated. Overworked. Media's perception. Five source friends versus 1D business partners. Liam. Songs of shit. Zane leaving. Zane songs. Contracts. Nile blonde. Liam's hair. Tattoos. Liam's alcoholism. Brain not a band. I feel like I've covered everything. But there are definitely things as soon as... Because like, I listen back to my podcast um, whenever I record it just to make sure it's not terrible. Even though I think everything I do is terrible. Um, as, uh, while I'm listening, I'll be like, oh, fuck, I should have talked about that. So uh, again, probably in the future, I'll make a part two as to why One Direction will never and should never get back together. And let me make this clear. I, obviously I've moved on and I'm more of just, you know, I'm a little Harry girl now. I'm a little, I'm in my Harry lane. Um, obviously I'll always have a love for One Direction because they were such a big part of my life. Obviously I started loving Harry because of One Direction. I made heaps of friends because of One Direction. They definitely, you know, if it wasn't for One Direction, I wouldn't have a lot of the TikTok following I have. Um, 
And also, you know, they helped me through a lot at the, my young, ripe age of 11. And I made a lot of friends, had a lot of great experiences. Like, the five years they were together, that, like, time of my life, I loved it. Like, I love thinking about that nostalgia. I will always have a love for that band because, you know, it's, you know, I feel like it's like a parent being like, oh, I love the Beatles or whatever was around those days. It's like the same thing, you know? They'll always love it. But I will make it clear, I do not want them to get back together and I do not think they ever will. And that is for the best. Yeah, it's fun to think about. Yeah, it's fun to be like, oh, imagine if they were still together. Uh, I don't know. They'll definitely do a cash grab reunion tour and I will be barricade. But do I want any more from them? No. Because even though I only really listen to Harry's music, I don't really listen. To, I listen to a bit of Zane's music. I like a couple of Niall's songs, but I've never really listened to his album in full. Liam and Louie, I don't really like their music much. It's just my personal taste. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying it's not my personal taste. Even though, as I was saying, what? Oh my God, I can't talk. Even though I'm only a fan of Harry's music, I am happy for all of them that they get to make the music they want to now. And they get to produce albums in their own time and tours in their own time and, you know, produce an album and take however long they want with it and write with whoever they want and collab with whoever they want and just be happy with their career. And I don't want them to be forced into a band where they get told what to do, have to have vodka Red Bulls to get through shows, and uh, extremely overworked. And also, if One Direction got back together, it just would not be the same. Like, the hype that they had for the years they were together, especially from 2012 to 2015, because that was when, you know, the main hype, when they were doing things, that hype just will not be there when they get back. Because it's just not the same anymore. You know what I mean? I feel like we need to all accept that. I feel like we need to accept that. Um, so yeah, I think I might end this podcast here. Um, thank you so much for listening. Again, head to the TikTok I'm gonna make about this podcast. What was my question? Oh yeah. Tell me where you were when Zayn left the band and what happened. I'll continue my story really quick. So after I found out he left the band, I went to I was it was like a school morning. And my mom and I cried. <laughs> I sobbed. Um, sobbed in my bed, didn't go to school until lunch. I made a YouTube video for my old YouTube channel. I made a YouTube video called Zane Left His Backup Singers. And I don't remember what I talked about. I'm pretty sure I just talked about how I was depressed, but how I feel like it was the best for Zane. I've been woke since 2015. Um, and then I went to school after lunch. And because I was like known as like the One Direction girl, everyone was like, oh my God, are you okay? And I was like, no, I'm not. And I had like no friends at the time who liked One Direction. So I couldn't cry with anyone else besides my internet friends. <laughs> it was just me crying. Just be like, oh, fuck. <laughs> my life is over. No, girl. It's just beginning. Um, so, yeah. Tell me your Zane leaving the band experience. I hope you liked this episode. Sorry if it's a little bit flat um, compared to last time. I've tried to pet myself up for it. Um, but yeah, hope you liked it. Go to the TikTok. Give me feedback. Answer my question. Comment topics you want me to talk about. Next week's episode... I don't know what's going to be yet. Probably not going to be to do with One Direction Harry because obviously Harry Styles is the biggest part of my life all the time. But I want to just not make this a Harry Styles One Direction podcast. It's just going to be me talking about whatever. Can that car shut up? I get it. Your dick is big. You don't need to rave your car. All right. Um, so yeah, comment. Different topics we're going to talk about. I'll figure out next week's topic. Maybe we'll be about like... I'm in a state for lockdown. Let me tell you how bad it is for 40 minutes. I don't know. Um, I love you all so much. Wear a mask. Stay inside. Stay hydrated. If you're in America, please vote. I'm literally fucking making you up on my knees. Settle for Biden. They're both shit, but Biden's the lesser of two evils. So just get Trump out of office. 
And then maybe Bernie Sanders will run again. God, I don't... Life's terrible. Please vote if you're Australian, over 18, registered to vote as well. I don't know when our next election is for anything, but it'll probably show up soon. Um, so yeah, I love you all so much. Remember, I'm always an Instagram DM away. I am Emma Angel X on TikTok, Emma CX on Instagram, Cherry Outro on Twitter, if you only remember the TikTok part. All my socials are linked in the link tree in my TikTok bio. I love you all so much. Thank you for listening from, to Mildly. Oh my god. <laughs> that... I cannot talk. Let me try that again. Thank you for listening to Mildly Annoying with Emma. I love you all. Have a great week. Bye!